And literally from kindergarten age, I was planning to migrate. <laughs> you knew you were leaving. I, I knew. <laughs> I had a vision of this big wild country. I did not know where it was or what it was called, but I certainly I knew it was not Germany. I looked around going, it's not here. It's somewhere else. <laughs> And so actually, this is no joking. I went up to my kindergarten teacher every day and I asked her to teach me English. Assalamu alaikum. Hello. This is Your Truth is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Nadira Razak. I am a wife, a mother, a seeker, and a life and business coach. This podcast is about tuning in to that small, quiet voice within that urges you to really follow your soul's calling. And this podcast aims to bring you solo episodes and interviews with other special humans who have followed this calling, no matter how out of the box it may have been. We'll share stories about how God's grace is working through their lives and how they have the courage to really put one foot in front of the other and build a life that is fulfilling, meaningful, and filled with a sense of play and wonder. I started this podcast because I was at a point in my life where I'd achieved what I wanted to achieve as a coach, yet something still felt missing. I knew I wanted to feel utterly and truly alive and connected to other beautiful human beings. This podcast helps you navigate this quest where you feel like you've arrived and now there's a whisper that this isn't it. There's chaos again and you have to start over. So this is about new beginnings pivots and finding those breadcrumbs of delight and surprise along life's journey. And I hope that you hope it sparks something in you so that you get the courage to just go for your dreams, to trust those moments of insight and alignment so you can take action on the things that matter to you. Welcome everybody to the Your Truth is Calling podcast. I am your host, Nadira Razak. And today I'm so excited to be joined by a beautiful woman, Prasanna, and I'm going to read her official bio before I let you know how we met <laughs> and what we're going to talk about today. In 1995, Prasanna's world fell apart. She lost her second baby two days after birth, which turned out to be the biggest catalyst for the work she does in the world. After running a complimentary healthcare um, health center with eight practitioners, she withdrew for a decade to live to living submerged in the Australian bush. During these awakening years, Mother Earth began to reveal ancient wisdom for these challenging times. And you can read more about this in her 2018 international bestseller, Elemental Woman. Today, Prasanna speaks to awake audiences, paving the way for a whole new way of being. She offers the experience of being interwoven into the golden fabric of life itself, as she likes to call it. You are part of the breathing body of Mother Earth. Prasanna holds space for others to drop into their own dreaming, and this gives rise to creating their life's work and become a new paradigm wisdom mentor and leader in their own right. Mm -hmm. Embodying the elements of nature, she shared in her international bestseller, Elemental Woman, um, it supports you in tapping into solutions of tomorrow's problems. It ignites your sexual creative force to fuel your body powerfully in ways that make you feel alive, sensual, and full of vitality. 
This gives you the drive, resilience, and embodied power to keep going during challenging times. When it comes to birthing your life's work and stepping into your own sacred mentor and leadership role, Prasanna is who you've been looking for. She inspires a new kind of leadership fit for these challenging times of destruction on the one side and the seeding of a new world on the other. In her experiential live talks, she shares wisdom received, integrated, and expressed over a course of 30 years or more. And Prasanna offers life-changing events virtually and in person. And what you will see today, I'm sure, is her fiercely loving presence inspires others with her rich tapestry of life, her reverence for beauty, nature, family, and the freedom to courageously express all of who she is. So welcome, welcome, Prasanna. I almost want to tell people that like your work also keeps evolving with you, right? And yeah, absolutely. um, When I met you, I think it was just a very coincidental sort of meeting like we were meant to meet. I call it kismet. (laughs) It's like a divine. It's an Arabic word that means the divine wanted you to meet. And we may have met at like a, a bigger conference. And then you were like another random one where we were in an event in like probably in the city in Melbourne. And somehow then we got talking and I remember you were looking for help at that point of doing something with your business. And we, you were deciding between this one mentor who wanted to take like a share of your business. <laughs> and then there was me and I was like, I'd been maybe to one of your retreats in your beautiful studio space at the time that you had near the Mornington Peninsula. And I was like, this woman is divine. Like just the space that you create for other women. And I got to witness you in that because you were running it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, it was such an honor to work with you at the time. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was like, we, and then we reconnected recently and I was like, Prasanna, you've got to come and talk. You've got to come and share. And that's why I invited you here because I feel like the world is in so much flux Mm -hmm. with all the destruction, as you said in your bio, right? There's destruction, Mm -hmm. but there's so much opportunity to recreate and begin. And there's no other person I would love talking about like rebirth and coming up from the ashes and creating something new than you, because I feel like you are like the queen of just creating, creating Mm. just like mother Mm. earth does. And I feel like when you do that and like show others what's possible, everybody else gets permission to like, Oh, she, she can do it at that level. I wonder what I can do, you know? And I think I want listeners to know how much beauty you bring, even in like the spaces you hold. I've been in your Mm -hmm. studio and I know you built stuff like in South Australia and you built mm-hmm. again in Melbourne or like at least outside of Melbourne and near Mornington Peninsula. And I was like, this woman, like the way, like you ran retreats and I got to be in those spaces. There's, uh, there's an aliveness in your yeah. spaces. And I think these days, everybody, like you, you look at the buildings even these days and it's so, um, it's like there's, yeah, there's no life because everything's yeah. gray and everything's very, very mute, true. like very, monotone. Very yeah, and so I want you to true. share possibly what, like, was that something you were, you always had? Because I know you had that German background and a very more masculine probably upbringing. And then there's this you now. And I just want to like for us to know, how did you get to this place of embodying all of this beauty? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do think most of us we bring into this life. But it seems like the world that we've had up till now does its best 
to cut off all the interesting bits. So mm-hmm. whether it's the school system or whether it's some of um, the, the the way we've been raised, it's like you've got to fit into a template or into a pigeonhole. And so when I was growing up, I felt so claustrophobic. I felt like I was growing up in a shoebox. And literally from kindergarten age, I was planning to migrate. <laughs> you knew you were leaving. I, I knew. <laughs> I had a vision of this big wild country. I did not know where it was or what it was called, but I certainly I knew it was not Germany. I looked around going, it's not here. It's somewhere else. <laughs> and so actually, this is no joking. I went up to my kindergarten teacher every day and I asked her to teach me English. And I, rem- I still remember the words, some of the words that I learned from her because I knew I was going to need it. And oh I was, as I was growing up, I kept saying to my family members and to my friends, one day I'm going to migrate. And they would be, they were so shocked. They said, how can you say that? They said, I just know. Wow. And, then, and then literally when I was 21, um, I just knew it's now or never. And I literally... Or dropped in on a friend and and I told her, I said, I'm going away at least for six months. And she said, well, where are you going to go? I said, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> and then she said, well, you know, when I finish studying, I'm going to go to Australia for a year. I'm going to Australia. Tell me more. Uh, tell me more. <laughs> tell That's me how more. it all started. That's oh, all how it started. And then on my way home, I dropped in on a travel agency and I said, you've got any info on Australia? And they handed me two catalogs and I flipped through it and I saw the red earth in the desert and I'm going, yep, that's where I'm going. That's wild. (laughs) Six weeks later, no joking, I was here. I quit my job, I sold my car, I packed my backpack and I I went. I had no idea about anything really. I knew it was big, it was warmer and it had kangaroos. I, I just love that because in this day and age with so, all, all this planning that people do, like even looking at reviews, right, of like, oh, this is what this place is like. There's no element, like there's no room for surprise. There's no room for delight because you yeah. already know what to expect in the experience. Whereas exactly. here, you had an idea, you had an inkling and you just followed it. You're like, your That's heart it. was like saying, calling you here, almost pulling you here. Yes, because I believe we're interwoven into the fabric of life itself, which to me, life is God. It's life force. Mm. It's love force. It's it's the stuff that creates everything from the trees to the blossoms to to the the animals to us. And we are completely interconnected. And it's like when we're open and we receive that, magic happens and life becomes an adventure. And so it's like when that's pulsing through your body, you know when something is right. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, people were saying, how can you do that all by yourself? You you know, don't you want to wait till somebody comes? I said, if I wait for somebody else to come with me, it's not going to happen. (laughs) Because a lot of people said, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. I think I'd like to do that. But they didn't pack this. I know that exactly. What what do you think helps a woman with that implementation piece? Say maybe they do get an inkling of like, hmm, that's calling me. But what's that in that gap between the hearing of the call? Because this is your truth is calling podcast. Yeah, your truth calls to you. I find that life is giving you signs, signals, guidance every day if you're awake and you can yes. hear. But then maybe we hear the call, but then there's this massive gap between the hearing of it and then the implementation or like actually seeing it come to life. What do you, 
what happened in that gap? I don't know. We're just jamming here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's a few things to consider. Mm. Uh, first of all, I think a woman has the ability to feel those impulses in her body. And when mm. you're thinking about it, our creative force is very much in our womb. I see the womb as this pulsing, vital, golden organ. Um, but it's more than an organ. It's a sacred place mm. because this is where we receive that's where we're bringing in a new soul. I mean, yeah. it is the most incredible miracle. Uh, it's beyond what we can even comprehend. And so when we are connected to that powerful, sacred place of creation, that we even have an organ for it. Men have mm -hmm. like an energetic space, but we actually have a whole organ that's dedicated for this. And, and then we have the womb that's really wanting to communicate energetically with the earth so when we're connected which we are um then then we can receive the life force the love force to me the life force love force is the same thing mm. through into our womb and and then our body is pulsating has this pulsating life force right through us and then mm. when something happens, it's like it's like a light bulb going through. It's not just a little whisper. It's yeah. like you find yourself acting, you know, sometimes. And I have to wait. For me, I wait mm. till I get the body response. Mm. So, you know, sometimes. Patience. I can, yeah, well, I can yeah. feel, you know, because I, I often see a long way ahead in my life. Mm. And then I know it's going to happen, but I don't know when the right time is. Yes. And when my body suddenly springs into action, I'm going, yeah, I think the time has come. And I just right. go for it. So there's know. a trusting. And I think trusting. one of the things I heard you just say was you said a very important piece that kind of, got, if, if you didn't hear this, I'm bringing it out. You said when we're connected. So yes. I almost feel like, and you said when we're connected, like you can just feel it, you hear it. And so I find that sometimes, you know, maybe in your past body of work, people would just turn up at your door knowing yeah. when they're disconnected, like almost like your soul is disheveled. You've completely lost your connection to your core and they show up because they're like, Prasanna will breathe me back into life. You almost like, I feel like you midwife women back into yeah, that so they yeah. can feel again. So what, um, what would be like the first step for a woman who say maybe has been disconnected and now she's like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I know I can't keep living this way. Breathe me back into life, Deanna. Like, like Prasanna, what would you say is yes. like the first step if she's at that level of her journey in the yes. beginning? Well, I would say you need to have more time on your own with nature. Maybe. Because when you go into nature, Mother Earth is prolifically creative. And, mm. and we are like her. You know, yeah. she cycles, you know, we see her, she cycles through winter and spring, summer and late summer and autumn. And, and there's always this, this planting of the seeds, yes. turning into a seedling. Then we see the blossoms and then the fruit. And then at the end of the cycle, we can pick the fruit and the leaves are falling. Yeah. And a woman is a cyclic being. Every month we're going through that journey, this cycle after cycle after cycle. So we're made like the earth. So when we spend time sitting under a tree or walking in nature and, and connecting with that wild creativity, mm -hmm. it ignites us again. 
And if we can then also connect, spend time in silence and just connect with that miracle um, sacred place of our womb, Mm. I think those two things together to me are really, really powerful. Yeah, I love that you said that wild creativity of Mother Earth. And that's what I see in you. Like there's this wildness, this deep femininity, and then like just beauty. Like I've been in your kitchen Mm. for Sana when in that home that I visited you. I was like, oh my gosh, the colors, just the life in that kitchen. And you're like, I said, like, how did you even choose the paint colors? How did this, like, I was so fascinated by what Mm. I saw because it wasn't just creativity that you held inside. You had the, the, the capacity to express it for everybody else to like, be like enveloped in that beauty. And I feel like like mother earth is, is that like, she's so beautiful and she's giving us all of these gifts all the time. And sometimes we're so focused or so busy. We're probably looking at our phones, but we're not looking up or we're not appreciating her. Yes, And she's there to love you up and remind you, Hey, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> you're the absolutely. same as me. You're made of me. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So, so we've been programmed to trust someone else's voice more than our own, yes. right? We've been conditioned to overwrite our own knowing. And so that that knowing inside has become more and more quiet for people. They can't mm. feel it as much. So you need to begin to listen to your own knowing. If you have a little nudge, check it out. See what happens and start small because after a while it just becomes like this wild force within you and it's very, very clear, but you've got to start listening to it. And and I had to do that too. I had to begin listening. So I knew I needed to come to Australia. I didn't know Mm. very much. And when I turned up here, I had no plan. I literally just followed every step along my path. You have to tell that story of like you 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 had to hitch a ride yeah to, oh, to get somewhere <laughs> yeah like, Look, I, I traveled like, all around I traveled all around the place but the interesting thing was I ended up with probably within two or three weeks I ended up in the center of Australia in the desert yeah. and I had this my first massive awakening was in the desert with my feet on the ground and it was like the force of the earth was literally pushing through my feet yeah. and was moving right through my body and I went Wow, if anything's God, this has got to be it. Oh God. Like you were just <laughs> literally, so literally, I was just like, it was just so powerful that that force of love that moved right through me and it opened up my heart and my whole vision. And then this, this next, the immediate prayer was, I want to find a way to feel like this wherever I am, whether mm. I'm in the desert or in the city or doesn't matter where I am. I want to feel like that wherever I am. And and you know how it is when you've got an intention and a prayer, life goes, all right, then you're ready. I'll show you. Wow. So you met then your husband at the time through that synchronicity of you needed to hitch a ride somewhere. I remember you telling that story on stage (laughs) and I was like, wow, this woman is wild. (laughs) I know. So, you know, I was literally traveling around, mostly catching buses. And then I was in South Australia, South Australia. So I'd just come back from the desert for the second time. And um, and I, I wanted to see the Great Ocean Road. And there was a bunch of us who wanted to see the Great Ocean Road. I was staying at a particular backpackers. And so we decided we would pair up in twos and then start hitchhiking. And I'd never hitchhiked in my entire life. 
So this was an absolute first. <laughs> but after two days of catching tiny lifts of 20 20Ks 20 here and 30Ks there, it took us two days to get halfway across <laughs> from South Australia to Melbourne. And I just it was 2 o'clock in the morning and I said to my, my Swiss companion, I said, I don't think there's going to be more lifts today. <laughs> and And so then, you know, we ended up sleeping at a campground and next morning I stood out on the road and the first car that stopped, I went up to the car, I looked in. My first thought was, hmm, that's not your car. <laughs> turns out turns out it was it was his hire car, right? So was, I'm in the front speaking my broken English. My English wasn't that great back then. And we talk and we talk and I'm going, Wow, this this sounds like this sounds like the man I'm going to marry. Oh my goodness. So again, it was an intuitive him. knowing. It was. I was describing the man I was going to marry in the kitchen to my grandmother. I remember standing in the kitchen to her and I, and I, I felt I could feel what he would feel like. It wasn't like he was going to be tall and this was going to be the color of his hair or and none of that. It was just like I knew what it would feel like. Ooh. And I, I knew the sort of marriage we would have. And I knew we would be raising children and how we would do the, all of that. And it was like, I just knew. How so, old were you when you were talking to your grandmother? Was that like when you were a uh, teenager? I would have been, or... been a teenager, maybe 13 wow. or 14. Oh, and, my and, goodness. Yeah, and then I was 21 when I met, you know, when I met my husband. Yeah. Wow. And then you raised, like I know because like we had that connection, you, you know, you, you'd homeschooled your kids and everything, but before you had all of your children now, you you went through massive loss and that was again like another awakening into your life's work at the time with like the complimentary like health practice so you were in yeah. that world of helping women you know get pregnant helping them through the other cycles could you just share more of your work I felt like I didn't describe you properly in the beginning just share that background that you had and then share like what you do now and how yeah. it kind of went from what you did then to what you do now that's such so, an interesting body of work that you have as background and I feel like all women need to know you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, yes, in the mid-90s, um, I lost my second baby two days after birth and he was a very much, uh, well, that was really interesting too. You see, I always felt the soul before I was pregnant so I knew I would be receiving another child. Mm. And so before I knew I was already, we are already praying for another child and then all of a sudden, one day, I remember, you know, I was living in a little log cabin in the middle of nowhere in the Adelaide Hills. And I looked out and I said to my husband, hmm, the soul's arrived. It's time. And so then I was pregnant with him. And we ended up calling him Mejda, which means second oldest brother in Hindi. And, um, yeah, so he was born and he passed away two days later. But I remember when I was um, standing at an Indian wishing well, mm -hmm. I was praying that may this child, may this child uh, grow me more than anything else ever has in life. So be careful what you, what you wish for. And so, yes, he taught me. So he came and he passed away two days later. I had a very close connection to this soul really mm. profoundly I was like in bliss every moment of being pregnant it was such a joy to carry this child and I was meditating for hours each day and so him coming and then two days later having to let him go was a profound experience 
intense actually because the birthing process is intense and to me when you birthing it always to me it feels like it feels like a portal opens up and the spiritual world just there's no veil the veil just moves aside Mm. and there's this amazing spiritual presence of spiritual support of angels and whoever needs to be there and then at death, the same thing happens as well. It's same thing. You know, you've got that support when the transition happens the other way. Yeah. And when you experience both in two days um, and so consciously, it's it can really wipe you out. It's mm. so, I mean, it's just so intense. Yeah. And so when Meshta passed away, um, the, you know, because when you're expecting a baby, you're expecting to nurture this child. Yes. And so all of a sudden that energy can't go there anymore because the mm. child's not there. And so my next impulse was that I wanted to go to India and, and become a, a, a yoga therapist and support um, support pregnant women to birth their babies naturally, to really trust mm, their, that's how it trust their body and uh, trust. Right. Yeah, trust their body inside that you can do this. You're made to do this. You know, we don't need such controlled births as we think we do. You know, our body actually is so powerful and so wild and it's made to actually do the job. So, you know, I was preparing them with pregnancy yoga. And then later on, I um, offered uh, birthing classes with an independent midwife. She did mm. the antenatal component. I helped women to relax and, in fact, couples. We had men there as well yes. um, to learn how can they support their women during this uh, birthing mm. process. And so so it was like helping a woman birth and really trust that. Yeah. <clears throat> and then over maybe 25 or so years, 30 years, um, it became helping a woman to birth herself because mm. to me it's the same force whether yes. we're birthing a baby or whether we're birthing ourselves. We are utilizing the power of our womb and the life. There's so much golden life force present in our womb space. We can utilize that for to create a painting, a house, mm. a business, your life's work. It, it's all coming from that, in my opinion. Yeah, that's so beautiful because so before Majda, there was, so were you ever involved in that birthing space or what did you do prior, like career-wise? I don't think I ever asked you that. Yeah, I've had a very <laughs> interesting kind of journey. So I was raised and my father sort of wanted to prepare me to take over his business, but right. I did not resonate with the business at all. And I couldn't think of anything worse than running his business. <laughs> and so it was pretty, I mean, you can imagine pressure, German background, you know, yeah. he wanted to leave a legacy and I'm going, sorry, it does not feel right to me. And so I left the country, literally. Wow. Yeah. And then I came to Australia and I went, oh, okay, where, what do I want to do for now? You know, where do I want to begin? And so for a while, um, for, for a while, I actually worked as a nanny and I did a course on child psychology, which was wow. interesting because I thought, yes. I want to work with people. I just thought, I want to work with people. So I was 21. Yeah. And then very shortly after that, I studied visual arts. So I actually, you know, 
you know, like a lot of the pottery and the sculptures you've seen um, actually made them in the bowls. You might <laughs> no remember. No wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I forgot to ask you that piece. So, so you yeah. created most yeah, of the Yeah, I made it. Yes, absolutely. And I chose the colours and everything, you know. So, um, And, again, the way I'd go about pottery, I didn't want one bowl to be exactly the same as another. So I created families of bowls. <laughs> I actually hand mixed the colors wow. with each bowl as I went, just had them all laid down and quickly mixed this and then I decorated it. And so even though there was a relationship between all the bowls and they clearly had, they had the same basis of colors, yes. they were all slightly different because I did not want one to be the same as the other, which yes. is interesting because when I, when I work with women, yes. I, and I have this one client who is trying so hard to be better. And I keep saying, I just want you to stop a minute. You are at the most beautiful when you're just being you. Mm, exactly. It's that me. uniqueness, that divine spark. It's within all of us. We just express yep. it differently. But in yep. the end, it's about that ease of beingness. That's it. That you can be you for Sunner and you attract the people who need to be in your energy for whatever it is. And it's like you can just like sink into nothingness <laughs> and then come out again. And I, I don't know. I just feel like we put so much pressure like in the personal development world to oh my gosh, somewhere. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> sickening to even have that conversation. World, even the business world. So, you know, and we are not, again, we're going to cycles after cycles. And the way mm. I see it, it's like life is like a spiral. So we go this through this cycle and the next cycle is supposed to be higher and the next one's going to be higher and the next mm. one's going to be higher. And that's why, I mean, I believe that going through the elements, the cycle of the elements, we're actually purifying, we evolve if we flow with it. And so many times in our life, we come to a place where a cycle comes to an end and it can be so painful because it might be the end of a relationship. It can be the death of a loved one. It can be the end of having that job. Mm. It can be an end of a business. It doesn't yes. matter what it is, but if we hold on beyond that time, we, we actually suffer more because life is saying when life in the pulsing force of love and life force is saying, darling, there yes. is more. You you need to let go. There is a, mm. a new cycle beginning, but it can't if you hold on to the old. So I found myself in 2020 literally letting everything go again. It was such yeah. a time of the world stopped. And I was, you know, my business became more and more complicated and I had a billion opt-ins and online <laughs> courses and portals. And it was like, I just stopped. And two years I sat in the void mm. and I went, what do I actually want to do? And then two years later, I literally let it all go. Yeah, Literally. I'm it's going, so brave. And I just went, okay. And then all of a sudden I went, I want simplicity. Yes. I want everything to be really simple. I'm not buying into that bloody bullshit anymore about <laughs> having to have this that and the other and the third thing and the the endless funnels and i'm going this is just distraction again i'm yes. distracted by this stuff i want life <laughs> wild life you know i just love you for sunner because i think it's just what you said it's like life saying, hey, darling, like we've got to give there's more on the other side of this. But when you're going through the loss or when everything is being stripped bare, you're feeling so out of control. 
right? Yes. Because everything you thought that was stable is now you have no control over it. And life is teaching you that it, those, um, all, all the trust that you put into these structures that you thought were stable are now being stripped. So yeah. all you have to do is like, just give in to life and let life take you to that next step. But that piece of surrender is, it's, it's, it's like, if it, <laughs> if, if everyone could just do it and, and do that and like give into that, it would be beautiful, but it's not like it, you really see that human condition come out and the pain, but it's, I think, Somebody once said, I can't remember, I, I wish I could quote the, the right person who said this, but that everybody goes through pain, but suffering is optional, you know? Yeah. So literally it's, um, yes, I'm going to live. That's very, very, that's very true. That's when we're resisting. That's yes. when it's, it turns into suffering. So, you know, that time, you know, when, when a cycle be, finishes, which to me I call the alchemist, because at the end of a cycle, the alchemist goes, okay. What am I letting, what am I going to just let go? And, you know, from an elemental point of view, it would be the, the metal element. And the metal element is kind of a little bit harsh sometimes because it mm. just goes, and that must it go. Cuts. Yeah, yeah, it's cut. a cut. Clean it's cut. A clean, it's a clean yes, that blade. That's got to go and that's got to go. And mm. that we will keep. And it will become something else. And there's a so, refinement. When you taught me about the alchemist, yes. it's like that part of the process, that part of the cycle of life is about refinement. refinement. It's about discernment. What do we keep? What do we let go That's of? It. I notice that I like helping women in that refinement area because yeah. it's not always clear sometimes what no. needs to stay, what needs to go. And it's That's a deep it. amount of trust and listening and, yeah, like really – going in to, to get the help of someone who can recognize patterns and show Absolutely. it to you if you have gotten like bogged down in that quagmire of, oh my God, everything feels important. And you're like, no, 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 there's a fire. Exactly. <laughs> most important. Like you said for you, it was simplicity. I don't want all these bells and whistles. It's a distraction. <laughs> That's your own alchemist saying, cut, 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 cut. That's it. This is what we're keeping. And now there's more life again. And then totally. I think if you haven't gone through that enough of times, like you've gone through this so many times, Prasanna, that it's like, and you still come out and you're still like gorgeous and beautiful and vital because I think you just know how to do that. And with other women, you might see they've gone through loss as well. And it's some hard times. And then you look at them and it's like they're gray and their skin is probably ash looking or you can see it on their faces, the distress. Yes. But I think it's because it's like it's now the pain has turned into suffering yeah, ha- or like- something has happened. <clears throat> I don't know. Can you speak to that? Yeah. I think we haven't taught, we haven't been very well taught how to move from the alchemist, the metal element, into the water again. Mm, so, talk, yeah, know, say we, more about we, the water element. We, we think, we think metal, the end of a cycle is, is pain, is loss, 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 loss. But what it is, it's you're completing and fine tuning and perfecting some things and you're letting go of other things. After that, you're going into the water element. It's like the feeling of wintertime when it's dark and the days are short and the nights are long. It is like the baby in the womb, which is just dark and hidden and you can't see it. And it's like you in that darkness that's, you know, with the water element, it's like being in the depth of the ocean where Mm. the sun doesn't reach. It's like you're in that darkness. And the old cycle's gone, okay? The the life up till now has ended. And the life 
in the front has not begun yet. Yes. That's the scariest moment. You're in an in-between space. You're in in-between states and people have many different words for it. Mm. It's, to me, it's the water space. It's like we are literally are the seed inside the womb once again. You know, everything's been stripped away and it is the most incredible place. So once you know what that feels like, you know, if you really drop into that, and that's my favorite bit to do with women <laughs> is actually holding them in that space. You're a, in that yeah, darkness. like you're a magician with that. Like it's so beautiful yeah. to watch you hold women in that because I've witnessed you hold women yeah. in that space. That's definitely my favorite is to hold women in that void, you know, women who know there is more, they have something else to give and birth, but they have no clue and they're, they're holding on and they don't know. And it's like, no, let's just spend enough time here. And that's why I love, you know, running retreats mm. because I can just get them really still drop, help a woman to drop into her inner waters. Yes. And it's like dropping, and it's some one woman actually said it felt like dropping into the healing waters of Mother Earth, mm. and I really like that. So dropping into because it's a replenishment space. Yes, so replenishment. On one hand, it more life has, again. It is yeah. exactly. So it's like the seed has to rest underground, mm. and it's like the life force has to keep building and building and building and building. And then all of a sudden when the time is right and the condition is perfect, it pops open. Yes. Build all that energy up till it goes pop and then yeah. life begins all over again. And then the seedling has to travel around the rocks and the gravel and the whatnot underneath it. And then there's this moment where it pushes through mm. the earth and it merges, emerges from the world of the darkness into the world of the light. Yes. That's profound. And so we have to remember, we have to be long enough in that mm. space of darkness where we don't know anything. Yeah, it's scary. I think scary. So for most people, I, this is what I kind of observe, is they get very uncomfortable in that darkness because maybe it's going on for three months. Six months, still nothing. Nature hasn't spoken to you to tell you what it is yet. And you start freaking out. And then you'll get all these ads on social media spruiking this and telling you to buy this. And then you get distracted. So now mm. you're going with your head. Life didn't tell you that that was where you were meant to go. But you're like, no, I'm really uncomfortable doing nothing, <laughs> sitting here in the stillness. So let me go do that. And then you get busy. Yeah. And then yeah. it just takes longer now because now you're busy doing that. You can't hear your life force of that body because there's not enough time for stillness now because you now filled your schedule again, you know? That's so it. You're like, it's, it's so it's true. It's, it's really, really so. true because we haven't been taught to be really still, you know? Yes. You know, you can't even fill up the petrol today without having to look at the screen and listen to some stuff, <laughs> you know? It's like, why would I need to watch TV while I'm filling up with petrol? It's like, <laughs> So it's like, give us a break. Mother yes. Earth shows us how to do it. She has pauses. We have nighttime. Nighttime yes. is just for resting and replenishing and dreaming. And so is winter. And so is dark moon. We have those pauses. And we, we have been told not, we have been told to ignore them. Yes. And so, um, magic happens. And, and I think that's why actually 
holding women sometimes is can be safer so they're not doing it on their own yeah so you know when the women can just be held in that space and they're connecting to the joy of being in that stillness and being in that wow that's that utter abundance of replenishment and you know what i still love about your retreats it was so nurturing like you used to just love on us like the food was just full of life mm-hmm. um i remember just my body just resting so deeply in one of your retreats that it was so open and yeah. then the vitality which is like connecting with your partner or whatever your body is just open and that's all women need to do is just relax I know. And it knows what to do. And here we put so much pressure and um, just filled our schedules with the stuff that doesn't even give us life. It actually drains us. It takes it away. (laughs) Exactly. Or it's a screen. I mean, it's okay if you're just... You don't watch TV and your your Instagram is a little bit of entertainment. You watch a couple of reels. But for some women, maybe that has just become like it's just so part of their routine at night that they don't know how to just be still at night before they go to sleep yeah. or just listen to themselves. So they're just consuming more. And that's it's it. just stuff that's not life-giving. That's <laughs> and, it. Then, and then they wonder why they're stuck. Um, that's it. Again, and also sometimes you do need support like this, like going into spaces, whether it's a retreat and what someone like yourself is um, like has set up the space, knows how to get you from, you know, where you are to, um, wherever life needs to take you next, and you can just relax. You all you need to do is clear your schedule and show up, and everything's That's taken it. care of. You know, it's sometimes true. you need to do something as drastic as that, but it's come to that because our everyday lives we're not building so that we can have those moments of replenishment. And I used to remember when I was a young mom, and you were in my corner, and you know, you were you were mentoring me. I used to always remember um, because you were so, you know, like wise with the cycles you would tell me like at this time in the you know day after school like just stop for a bit it's like earth time and I love for you to speak about that transition time as well because we've talked about the you know the dreaming space that we need to get to in order for new life to come we've talked about um the alchemy that needs to happen when yeah life takes things away and it's like "Mm, we're in a refinement phase before Mm. something new can happen and then what do we do in between so we've talked about the stillness but this earth phase can you say more about that so the earth is a special element you know because i mean i work with all of the five elements uh, but the earth is a very special element because the earth we honor her as her own element but she Mm. also holds all of the elements she's like the mother and so that's why she always comes up in in transitions so earth helps us to do transitions well so for example what we can feel really strongly is at the end of summer um towards the end of summer when we've had many many hot days Mm -hmm. it's almost like summer comes to a point where it sort of burned itself out yeah and sometimes we have these beautiful one, two, three, or four weeks, which is um, not as hot anymore, but it's mm. not autumn yet either. And the and it's this still steady weather. It's like the late summer. You, you know, you might you might remember that. It's mm-hmm. like it just goes on for another time, and it's neither. It's not the heat of the summer. It's not autumn, but it's that steady, beautiful warmth. 
and the 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 earth would be kind of cracked and ochery because it's got mm. dry over summer yeah. but there's a stillness to it mm. there's actually a stillness and it's kind of the cusp between the outgoing cycle or what they call the yang part of the cycle mm. and the cycle where we're coming back in again the where we're moving into the yin part of the cycle when because the, once we enter autumn we're back on the into mm. inner journey back into yes. the depths of our soul and so earth is the stillness and what i call it sometimes it's like the clutch when you change the gears in the car mm. right? like you go into you kind of go into no yeah. speed yeah. neutral and yeah. then there's a new a new gear mm. whether you're going up or down and in a sense, Earth is that. So you, I remember the conversation we had back then about your child. You said, "Oh, I'm feeling a bit lost around three, three thirty. I just don't know." What three, three thirty, three, three o'clock. It is. <laughs> and that's what I said. That's the Earth time of the day because we we're, we're sort of between the the out, you know, the sun being at the highest point mm. and and the sun going down. We're sort of in between, and it's like neither. So I mm. said. This is a time for stillness. You know, it's a time to just pause, sit under a tree, mm. you know, pray, meditate, yeah. rest. It's a still time. Earth is still. It's yeah. beautiful. And we need those still times. I know you have the prayer times. In yes, the our prayer times. I love it because in our Islamic um, tradition, looking at the prayer times and then when you would talk about how the sun's going through the day and you would be so aware of it through Chinese medicine and your study. I loved seeing how the two connected. I was like, oh my gosh, all of these really crucial times in the day, we mark it with a prayer. So That's it was it. easy for me because I knew exactly where the sun was and where my prayer time was and I could That's connect. It. I go, oh, so for us, like for anyone listening who's Muslim, it's that Asr prayer, that middle of the day prayer, which is the hardest to stop. And it's funny in our tradition, we're actually told to do some extra prayers, like remembering God at that time. And you think about the wisdom of that. We're actually asked to slow down when technically everybody else is rushing around trying to do a million things at that time before the end of the day comes in yes. and we're asked, no, 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 take that time. And we're yes. also told the angels um, who are with us in the morning, there's like a changing of the guard that happens mm. at that time. Mm. <laughs> so we're told pray, like be in that place because we're witnessed at that time even yeah. more. So it's beautiful. It. That yes, it is. It's still, you know, the most important thing is stillness. You know, mm. and and it it needs to be something that's really feeding your soul. So depending on what your tradition and background is, uh, yeah. what feeds you? It might so, be a cup of tea with something sweet, even at that time, right? That earthing time. Yeah, which is you know, and also you know, even in between those prayer times, you know, I just find you know sometimes sometimes you're waiting for a client, mm. and it can be just a moment to go, just take that moment. Mm. You know, uh, or you're waiting for an appointment at the doctor's and, yes. and you've got a moment. I'm going, thank you. You could go on social media, yes, <laughs> but you could also just go, oh, you know. Mm. And I, I became an opportunist really early in life because when I, w I had two more children after I lost my baby, two girls, and they were like less than two years apart. And I have a lot of memories <laughs> sitting, sitting in my kitchen surrounded by bush um, breastfeeding one baby and have the two-year-old sit on my lap as well. Wow. And, and and that for me, that was like, okay, I know where they are. Okay, 
<laughs> they're right here with me, my little babies. I, you know, oh, I don't have to keep God. my eyes open. I mean, they're just here. So I just wrap my eyes, my arms about both. And that was like for me, oh, a yeah. moment, you know. And one of the things was because, you know, I was very committed to regular practice, sacred mm-hmm. practice. And that didn't work very well with small children. That is, I think mothers, I think I remember spiritual teachers saying, when you're a young mom, that is a spiritual practice. Exactly. Being is a spiritual practice. You don't have time to meditate for hours and you think I'm not doing all these things that they say we should do to be still, but you just tending to people constantly and that dance that you do. And just that is your spiritual practice, right? I can just imagine you. But you become, mm-hmm. you, I became an opportunist. So sometimes the <laughs> girls would both be happily playing on the ground, you know, and I'd be just sitting down and I'm going, yeah, and I would just go straight into a meditation. You know, I just <laughs> bang, I was just in it. Every moment I had, I just went straight into it. And so, you know, if we could just remember that because then we stay aligned. It's like you don't want to go too far from home so you mm. forget who you are. Yeah. And so, you know, in a sense, you've got the prayer times. Mm. So it's just, it keeps you close to home. Yeah. It's like when we don't have those times where we can just be still, yeah. be with the divine, with God, with that love force, life force, whatever, mm. however you relate to it. Yeah. We get, we get off track because we get distracted by, you've mentioned social media, TV, movies, billions of things, right? <laughs> Even so, studying sometimes, oh, just taking course after course after course. But it's everything, like, for what yeah, end? I agree. Yeah, yeah. Everything can become a distraction if we're not connected. Mm. So I think it has to start here so we can feel ourselves from the yeah. inside. And I think... Gosh, I could chat to you for hours, but I think in closing, what I really want women to know is like, I have met you and you've hugged me and you've held me. I remember coming to you for a private day in, you know, your studio at home when I was pregnant with my second. And it's just the amount of like, I feel like what we lack these days as a society is just this modeling of who a woman is for one, like to be that deep, like yeah that deep femininity and love like I remember you used to say like my arms are like an extension of my heart or something you used to say that I want it in your words but when you used to just hug us when we would come in I was like oh my god I have never been held by a woman like this before by another woman you know and that femininity and it's just so healing being in those spaces with that kind of woman that you are. And I've had maybe you and maybe I can think of just one other mentor of mine who had that same level of embodiment. So Mm. you can learn about like, yeah, there's all all sorts of things online about femininity and and all of that, but then you can know it but not be it. So so what? I know that that, it probably goes back to that prayer that you did when you were (laughs) in, had your feet in the red earth, but how do we do this as women? Prasanna, like, what would your prayer be for us as a collective to maybe not lose that? And for us to like, for our boys to know like who a woman is, what a mother actually is, what unconditional love actually is. I would love for you to probably close off the energy with something to do with the mother. Cause I just feel like you, yeah, yeah. you are that. Do we have like five or more minutes? Because yeah. I, I could take us through a little uh, visualization. Yeah, of what yeah we do. We like. do. Yes. yes. 
Okay, mm. so I'll just love you to, for a moment, drop into your body and feel your feet connected with the earth. And I just want to want you to imagine what life might have been like if you would have been born onto a woman who embodies the earth mother archetype really strongly. So she would be a woman that is not bothered about having one or two more pounds on her bones. Mm -hmm. She's comfortable in her body. She might have big round breasts. She, she, she trusts life. She just knows that life will always provide her with what she needs in any given moment. And now imagine you are being, you are growing inside the belly of such a woman and you're growing in the energy of enoughness, of abundance, safety. And then imagine as you're growing through, through the, the, the months of pregnancy, the day comes and you're born mm. and you're born into the arms of this beautiful earth mother. And she looks at you and, and she looks at you and she says, you are perfect the way mm. you are. And there's the milk is imbued with the energy of abundance and enoughness. And you will always be provided for with what you need at any given time in life. And so you drink the milk that is filled with that energy and that knowing. And as you're growing, you have this trust in life, this safety that you can just be you. You mm. can, you, you have this natural permission that you came here to be you simply and uniquely and wildly the way nature provides and creates you different mm. from everybody else, your own, <laughs> own expression. Mm. And then I would love you to reflect and you can do that. Maybe when we finish the interview, do some reflecting under a tree, write down how may life have been different. Would you have had that start in life? Mm. And it will be very interesting to see oh. what comes to you. That's beautiful, Prasanna. Thank you for leading us through that. And I think when, you know, when we put out this interview, we might have to do like a pop-up Facebook group or something just to see what comes out of this. I would love for our listeners to kind of reach out back because I feel like this is deeply healing. And I just want to thank you and thank you on behalf of the collective for just, being an expression of that because we don't I feel like we don't have enough role models to look up to because it, if it wasn't modeled to us we need to seek these people out and that's why I love doing those interviews because I want to bring you it's like these women like you have to go looking for them <laughs> you find persona so much on social media you know you're living your life in in your little pocket and it's like sometimes we need to bring you out to the people to go, ah, here's where you can find her <laughs> where do people find you for Sunner? <laughs> say your yeah. um main place that you'd like people to come find you if well I, I have a, more they can join me on signal i'm on signal and telegram mainly these days okay There's, is there um, like a I can, I can, I, yeah, I can links. share a link okay. with you, which Beautiful. I'm literally after just having been in the void, yes. I started that group. I find cool. Facebook a little bit 
too, too busy, too, yeah. too busy, and not really a safe place. Mm. You know, it's something that's more confined. Uh, yeah, seems to be more appealing. So to we'll me. share links from Absolutely. that. Absolutely, and of course, you can join. Also, I have created uh, the Wildly Replenished Woman Foundation. And um, it's also a private membership by association. So if you want to become a member of that, then um, it means that you're you're finding out if I'm running retreats, um, if there's events coming, um, you will you'll find out about them too. Beautiful. We'll share those links. I just want to thank you for yeah, just gifting us your pure presence and beingness and beauty, and just sharing all of that just richness with us, the story, the. Yeah, all the ups and downs, the cycles through life, because I feel like you've supported women in all of those facets. Because I remember even when I was at um, one of your year-long group programs, we had to change the timing or the time that you had said was our first call something happened and you were supporting someone who was on, mm. on, you know, going to the other side, transitioning through life. Mm. So I've witnessed you in all of these um, facets in birth, birthing women, um, loss through all of it. And I just feel like you're just such a treasure. And thank, thank you. you. Thank you for being you. And thank you for sharing your wisdom thank with you us. So and much I just for inviting me. It's been delightful. <laughs> it's so delightful to know you. <laughs> thank you everybody and yeah we will be connecting again soon with um i'm sure we're probably going to have another one (laughs) in another season when there's more to share (laughs) thank you so much thank you thank you so much for listening it was such a delight for me to host prasanna because i had worked as her business coach so many years ago and so because i had that close relationship with her work, to be able to bring it out in this way and get to showcase her work in this form. She's such an amazing storyteller and has so much to share. And she's an amazing teacher. I just wanted you to have, be that little fly on the wall and listen in as we shared about how your truth calls to you and how when you're connected to mother nature, to yourself, you get to hear these whispers and they're not really whispers, but they're, they, the voice comes through loud and clear as to your instincts and which direction to go. And even if you don't have a plan, that voice kind of tells you which way to turn, right? When you trust that. And I love how Prasanna said, if you're feeling disconnected, get out in nature because that is the quickest way to get connected and find opportunities in your life to build that stillness so that you can build that relationship with you and that voice as opposed to being conditioned where everybody else's voice is louder um, than your own wild woman voice. Um, If you love this episode, I would love for you to share it with a friend and tell me what you think of it in my DMs or on WhatsApp. I probably will come up with a, a specialist email address for the podcast so we can start doing letters and maybe um, yeah, share your own dilemmas and scenarios and questions so we could answer it here on the podcast. I wish you an amazing week. Until next week, we have another exciting episode with Rosna Kamur. You have to tune into that as well. Until next time, this is your host, Nathara Razak of the Your Truth is Calling podcast.
signing off. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.